kick this off. All right, all right, all right. God dang, God dang, God dang, God dang. Michael Gavin here, your mind mechanic, tuning up your heart, your mind, one at a time, so your ideas do not die in your heart, your head, or your hard drive. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the worst place to extract your value from as a human being. And we'll probably keep this one pretty simple. Um, essentially, it's real simple. Do not extract your value from outside of you. Because the problem with extracting your value and your self-worth with outside of you, outside circumstances, your job, your career, your likes, your comments, your shares, your interaction, your bank account, a relationship, is that if and when those things aren't what they are when you're experiencing joy and happiness and everything's amazing, then your life will forever be in flux of extreme I feel really valuable. Life is amazing. People told me I'm amazing and things are great and my bank account's great and my life is great and business is great. Everything's amazing. And if you lose your job, something happens, your bank account goes down. Somebody breaks up with you. You lose a client. You get a video that doesn't get as many likes or comments or shares or views. What's likely to happen? You start to question, are you doing a good job? Are you good at what you do? Are you worth something? Are you valuable as a human being? You know, there's things out there where people say, oh, yeah, no. your bank account's a reflection of your value you're bringing to the world. I guess it depends on to what degree that connects. Because I think that there's these cliches, I throw cliches out there as well. And then as I, I dissect certain things, I, I start to question things I say because I learn new things and I go, yeah, I get that in that context and it can make sense. But in other contexts, you know, I become more and more uh, understanding of people's emotions and recognizing that, um, you know, even for me, I hear certain things that I'm like, dang, okay, well, how, you know, and, and this is where when you, you hear phrases, you hear things, you see things, you say things, uh, at times you think it does no harm. And that's where I've started to more and more recognize that, well, we can't, this is exactly, it, it's, it's what would be called dry rain to a degree, two things true at the same time. So to the degree that you say things, you can't worry about every day how you say things to everybody and whether or whether or not somebody is triggered or upset or bothered by that thing. That's not your prerogative. We can't go around. If we do in the world we live in today, you'd be walking around on broken glass all day, every day, because there's always going to be somebody that likely there's something that you said that you could upset. So now that's the reverse. So we can do our best to like, as I share different stories and I say different things, I like to explain those things from time to time and where I'm coming from. And then there'll still be people that maybe misunderstand and don't like it or whatever. That is what it is. But my goal is always, and my intention is coming from a place of love. Um, and so I deeply care about people. I am never, my intention is never to hurt or harm another individual. And if there's something that by and large, I said that I'm just naive to, uh, I definitely am, am on most things willing to change my tune. But that comes to you being the receiver of things said to you. First of all, you never typically know what someone's intent is. And the more you come from a place of love, the more you're able to receive things, not in such a derogatory or negative place. Um, because not everybody's coming to attack people and, and take people down or be mean to people or their intention is to manipulate. And if you come from that's your belief, then it doesn't matter what people say. You likely will receive something from that place. And so for me, that not extracting my value from the outside world and not being triggered as though everybody's out to get me has me go through life 
regardless of where my bank account is, regardless of what's happening. Now there's human emotions. If something, you know, if somebody you really cares about, something happens to them. I mean, there's things where you're going to have a human emotion to it. I'm not saying walk around being a robot, but then do you need to stay in that place? If you get triggered by something, there's something to typically learn from that thing that you've, that, that's been said to you. Um, but the bottom line is, is that the more you can take responsibility for life and not allow your feelings to be dictated by the ebb and flow of your bank account or the ebb and flow of likes, comments, shares on videos, if you're sharing things or um, whether or not somebody approves you by saying, when you put a proposal in for a job, they say yes to you. Someone saying no to you doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong or bad or that you're not good enough, right? And so we have to look and have higher levels of discernment to the degree that we're not allowing our emotions to be a roller coaster with what's happening outside of us and looking for approval. And look, you're looking to a person who constantly seek the approval of other people. Or the way I'm doing these videos, titling these videos, saying these videos, the length of the videos, what I look like, how I look, you know, is my hair, like all these things that I constantly judged myself and then also would be like, hey, what do you think of my background? What do you think of the shirt I wear in that? What do you think of my hair? What do you think of my glasses? What do you think of the titles? Do you like the titles, right? And I still do that from time to time. And I'm not saying don't ever seek feedback from other people. But to the degree that we are doing or not doing things based on the approval of others and whether or not we are a good person, whether or not people are constantly saying, that's great, you did a good job. You know, it, it, I, I, a, a buddy of mine, because he knows what I stand for, sent me a video that was an interview um, with Snoop Dogg. And he was just in the, in the, in the Super Bowl yesterday. And he, uh, he says, listen to the first minute. And in the first minute, person's like, oh my gosh, you're killing it. You're doing amazing. You've been around forever, da, 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 da. And then he says, how have you done this? You know, have you stuck around for so long and transcended so many, you know, ups and downs and difficulties and, 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 and generations, da, da, da. And he's like, man, I rooted everything in fun. And I'm going to pull this up exactly because I, I don't, I don't want to misquote the exact quote, because I, I wrote it down and sent it to the person that sent it me. And I was like, Snoop Dog, <laughs> Snoop Drop Dog, or Snoop, Snoop Mike Drop Dog, right? Like, he goes, it was so fun, it ended up making me funds with a DS. So everything he's chosen to do was fun. And then I responded, when will the rest of the world catch up to hearing these extremely financially wealthy people say, have fun and you will have funds? And I think the thing is, is because we judge these people at where they're at and say, easy for them to say, right? Of course they can do whatever they want. They've got lots of money. What we don't look at in a lot of these scenarios is there are lots of these people, some of them have been super financial. I'm not looking at their happiness or the rest of their life. I'm looking at their financial success. And some of these people that we look at and we judge who may say things like that, go, yeah, easy for them to say, is it's been 10, 20, 30 years since they may have been at a rock bottom, since they may have been in that place of actual, like, I have no money. You know, what am I going to do? And I think what you see about some of these stories is like, yeah, these people, you know, lived in a friend's apartment. Like, they lived on the street. They 
you know, bills were next to nothing. Like they, they did certain things. They sacrificed, you know, there's a line. The rich live like they're poor and the poor live like they're rich. And I can say by and large that from 18 years old to 30, I most definitely did that. Everything got spent on credit. I don't have any regrets from it anymore. I've learned lessons, da, 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 da. But like, I definitely, you know, was not good at keeping money. And I, I didn't necessarily buy all the things I bought and did the things I did with money to necessarily impress other people. But there was definitely a level, like I remember a buddy of mine who had all his bills paid, uh, not bills paid, had all his, had no debt and had tons of money saved, house paid off, cars paid off. And we were all together, me and a few other people. And, and he was like 28 years old at the time and like was naive to the fact that the way he operated, he thought was normal. It just wasn't around enough people. And he didn't go, he goes semi-sarcastically, but seriously, he's like, it's really easy. It's like, you just spend less than you make. You know, and look, it is simple. And a lot of things are easier said than at times done. Um, but there is that aspect where there's a truth to it. You know, um, I'm finding a trend and then there's not, it's not always right. There's never one side to the equation. This is the only thing that's proof, but there's some truth to that. The rich live like they're poor, like financially rich, wealthy people live like they're poor. Not always they, they buy nice things, but again, some are doing that like their net worth relative to what they're buying. Yeah, they might buy a $300,000 car, but it's not going to have them having a $3,000 a month payment and they only make $5,000 a month, right? Now people do that, right? But it's more likely that somebody buys a Ferrari with a, you know, a car payment that's two or $3,000 a month and they're not even making $7,000 a month. It's like, I got this car, but I don't make that much money. I can barely pay the rest of my bills. You, know, you see that sometimes people have a super nice car and then everything else is junk because they can't afford it. I don't believe it's just because they don't want those things sometimes, but other times it's like, or vice versa. But you know, I, I, I've sat with that and um, where that ties into the rest of this video. Uh, oh, the fun part. You know, I just think that that's a big thing, though, is, is having fun. Um, and, and so, so many times, that's where it ties back. Lost myself there for a second on that little tangent. But that aspect that at times through the seeking of approval, through likes, comments, shares, views, getting yeses on jobs, or what I see is people who start business, especially a lot of creatives, they're doing it for fun. They get a lot of people wanting to hire them from what they did for fun. And then all of a sudden there's a switch. Oh, because now I'm doing this professionally and getting paid to do this. I now need to do everything the clients say, be miserable. Well, I, you know, at least they're paying me. And we go down all these paths that suck the juice and suck the life right out of what we were having fun doing. And so I see this all the time in entrepreneurship and self-employment. And it's something I keep saying to myself every day uh, because I can see where I've fallen into those things where I've gotten too analytical, too critical, to judgmental, you know, and viewing things through a lens of like the right and wrong thing, even with what I know. And I still find it because we get conditioned certain ways. We observe certain things. And there's a lot of the world that is conditioning, if you allow it, us to think certain ways, be certain ways, do certain things. Some people care more about the money than they do what they're doing. And then people who care more what they're doing than the money end up at times listening to these people who care more about the money. So they're doing certain things. The other person's not willing to, and it's just a mess. 
but we can't go wrong with having fun. I just think at times, sometimes on a financial aspect, the funds, as in that quote, might take a little longer to show up than if you do certain things where you don't care about having fun, you don't care about anything but simply making money. There are things that I know in my heart I can do today that may or may not be ethical, may or may not align with my values or anything else, but by God, I can go do it in a heartbeat and make money. Short-term money, absolutely. But I'm not looking for the shortcut or the hack anymore because I've done some of that. I wouldn't say unethical or out of integrity, but things that are just like, ah, that's just not, doesn't feel right to me. And uh, so for me, it's about the long game. And I know that I can look at my career and the times I had the most fun uh, are by and large, the times I had the most funds. Um, and sometimes the catch-up, not the mustard and catch-up, but the catch-up, things catching up, sometimes take a little bit. Um, so we got to do the things in the now to make money and pay the bills while doing our best to build a business and build a life, create a business, create a life our way. It's something that we're just having fun. And then we'll let the, let the rest figure itself out. There's ways to figure it out, but I think at times when we're getting too analytical, too critical, and too judgmental, we just don't even take action because it just sucks. That's not what I'm about. You listening to me, I'm not about, ugh. I'm about, hell yeah, baby. Rock and roll, god dang, god dang, god diggity dang. Michael Gavin here, your mind mechanic, <laughs> tune it up. Your heart, your mind. One at a time so your ideas don't die in your heart, your head, or your hard drive. And I want you to have a blast while you're doing it. That means not having things die, but having things live, having things get out there and having fun. If you can't tell me doing these, I'm having fun. I have fun when I do this. I have fun when I coach people, interact, interview, coach, coach, interact, interview. I just have fun as much as I can and eliminate, delegate, or collaborate with people to the things that I don't have fun with. Keeps me moving forward a lot more consistently than when I'm trying to do too much that's too analytical, too critical, too judgmental, too much outside of having fun. Rock and roll, my friend, your daily jumpstart. Keep rocking, keep rolling. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.